Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, I've got another gun gripe episode for you. I have a very special guest here with me today, Mr. Sir Michael uh, from Guns Out TV. He's come here to uh, lay a little little truth down on us here. Uh, we're going to be talking about HR um, 1620. And if you guys aren't familiar, this uh, that's the Violence Against Women's Act Reauthorization Act mm -hmm. of 2021. It's got some pretty far-reaching things that we're going to dive into here in this particular video. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank our friends at Sonoran Desert Institute for supporting gun gripes. They've got some great gunsmithing programs. If you're wanting a career in firearms technology, they accept all different types of uh, financial aid. So if you're a military veteran, you got your GI Bill and whatnot, you can definitely get that uh, to work for you. Check them out. They've got wonderful programs. They're great people. Excellent distance learning programs in the field of gunsmithing technology. So check them out. Sonoran Desert Institute. Appreciate you hanging out yeah, with me man. today. Yeah, man. No, no. Thanks. I mean, I'm one, I'm so excited to be here. First of all, I watch some of these videos and you watch something on YouTube from your phone or from your house. And then next thing you know, you're, you're on the set. So this is kind of a surreal moment. But I think, Eric, I mean, this topic, reauthorizing this this piece of legislation, it isn't necessarily a big deal. I, I don't think there's anyone out there who would be against wanting to have protective measures to keep women safe. But that's not where the bill becomes problematic. The bill becomes problematic because on the back door, you have some anti-gun Democrats who are trying to pass more red flag laws into this bill. So the problem that you create, the quagmire, if you will, it makes it difficult for politicians who may be gun guys to say, well, I don't want to vote against women because how do I explain that to my constituents? Especially in 2022, you have major elections coming up in the House. Senate elections are coming up as well. So people are going to say like Chuck Grassley, a, a very prominent Republican senator, has been in the Senate for a very long time, very powerful individual, has led the, the Senate Judiciary Committee, has said 90 to 95% of what's in it, we pretty much agree to. Uh, senator Joni Ernst out of Iowa has said, this is a good bill. I think we can all agree to go ahead and pass this thing. Again, there are some complexities here, guys, that I think we have to break down, Eric, and let your viewers know that there are some things here that they need to be calling their legislators and say, hey, wait a minute here. We want you guys to remove these red flag laws. We are for protecting women. It's not that that we're concerned about. It's the backdoor stuff, the trickery that Democrats are doing that are really going to harm a lot of firearm owners across the country. I think the devil's in the details, right? Mm -hmm. You know, anytime you look at something, okay, they say, well, 95 or 90 to 95 percent of everything in this bill we agree with. Yeah. Well, what's the 5 percent? Because sometimes <laughs> that 5 percent could be, you know, what is really going to stonewall this thing, mm -hmm. you know, in the way it doesn't need to be, you know, working out. So red flag laws are a terrible idea. You know, we've done lots of videos where we've discussed red flag laws in the past, Chad and I have. And, you know... When you have basically a phantom court that can take away your rights, uh, you know, essentially you can't face your accuser immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the due process is pretty questionable right. at best, right. right? Absolutely. You know, the fact that, all right, let's just say in relation to this particular bill that we're talking about, 1620, um, yeah, some jealous ex-boyfriend or something mm -hmm. could go and say, oh, she, uh, she hit me or she threatened me or mm -hmm. I think that she's some danger to me and could go cry wolf to the court and the court could issue a, a gun you know, confiscation order mm -hmm. and now you've got this innocent woman who needs her firearms to protect herself and now is being disarmed right. by the very attacker who wants her disarmed Absolutely. so they can take advantage of her. So, it's weird. They always use this feel good type of thing. You know, they'll name it something. If someone reads it at a glance and they go, well, what's the problem with that? Right. Who would who would vote against 
and act like this, right? Oh, violence against women. Well, who would vote against that, right? right? No one would. They tug at the heartstrings Mm -hmm. to make someone think, well, who would ever vote against that? Oh, you evil monster. You vote against Mm -hmm. this, then that means that you... You know, want women to have violence committed against right, them, right? Right. But it, you it, have to read between the lines. No, it's like you said. It's the devil are in the details here, and I think you know th- there are some fascinating examples. Um, our friends over at Gun Owners of America cited some examples that I've done some further research on, and was talking with Eric Pratt, senior vice president over there. And there was one example that he he gave me that really really bothered uh, me, Eric. It was one of an African American guy by the name of Gary Willis, a gun owner, um, got into a dispute with a family member. Family member notifies the courts. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I think he's a friend or I think he's upset or angry. Law enforcement shows up at the guy's home in the middle of the night. Guy pulls his firearm. As in most people think, well, who in the heck is showing up at my house late at night? You're concerned. You're worried. The guy ends up being killed. Yeah, guy ends up being killed. All because a family member made an allegation. The guy had no opportunity to defend himself. The accused, regardless of how much you may hate or despise or dislike the views of the accused, or maybe you don't like that the accused has a firearm, but what makes our system of democracy, particularly the judicial system, so unique is that we have the opportunity to defend ourselves. You can make an allegation, but I the burden of proof is on you, the, the person who's making the allegation against me to prove your case. And on the flip side, I have the right constitutionally to defend myself against said allegations. There's another example, Eric, of, of uh, a cheating husband in California. Cheats on his wife, wife finds out. Wife owns a firearm, or they own the firearm in the home. The guy goes to the court and say, well, I was cheating on my wife, essentially. I think she's upset. I don't know what could happen. They go and remove the woman's firearm. So now you have a woman who is probably going to do all kind of emotional things after finding out her husband was a trifling guy, now living by herself, can't defend herself. So you talk about violence against women, where you're literally removing the ability of, of women to protect themselves. If you're a Democrat, let's be honest here. African-Americans are the greatest constituency of Democratic Party. We can be honest and candid about this. And so from my perspective as an African-American man, it's easy for someone to make an allegation and history has shown that the courts will typically believe them. And I don't think it's fair for African-American men who own firearms, who are growing in numbers, to have to worry whether or not someone can make a perfect stranger can make an allegation because maybe they don't like their political views. Sure. Michael's too conservative as a, but he shouldn't be conservative as a black person. And I know he owns guns. So I'm going to go to the court and get an order against him. Someone shows to my house to remove my guns. I mean, we're, we're talking about serious things here, Eric, that could really have horrendous implications over people's lives. And you have some of these political leaders who are saying, well, we care about the minority. We care about the vulnerable. You're literally supporting legislation that restricts my ability to protect myself. People have to know about these things. They have to call their legislators and say, do not support this legislation. Again, it's not about being against protecting women. It's the backdoor stuff, Eric, that is extremely problematic for us. They love pork. That's the bottom line. They, they love to stuff pork into every little crack and crevice mm-hmm. that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. So they take something that has a title such as 1620 and they go, mm-hmm. well, who would vote against this? Let's sneak in some gun control, yep. right? All right. When we look at demographics, for instance, all right, let's look at all these new gun owners. Right. That we've had this this huge resurgence in gun culture over the last few years. You know, folks are scared. They, they see everything that's going on in the world around them. They want to protect themselves. They want to protect their families, right? And... There's a, a huge ranging demographic of folks, right? You've got more 
uh, black folks and ever that are arming themselves, which is awesome. But another interesting demographic that's related to this video is female shooters. Yep. There's more females buying guns than ever before. Mm -hmm. So females make up a humongous block. Like I think it's some 60% right. or yeah. more mm -hmm. of all of the new shooters that we see coming out of this huge resurgence in gun culture are all females. You got to think. Young lady might be a single mom, head of household, mm -hmm. right? You know, she works and does everything she can to take care of her kid or kids, right? And you, you're the head of the house. You got to protect yourself. You got those young children that rely on you. So to think that some jealous ex-husband could go, well, I'll show her and mm -hmm. then, you know, just make up some story to get the court to believe him. And now all of a sudden you've got this, this poor young lady that doesn't have a firearm to protect her kids right. or herself, her household, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there, it's just so crazy to think that they would try to sneak something like that yeah, in and yeah. disenfranchise folks. And, you know, you want to talk about a double whammy. All right. You're mentioning about like your position, the way you look at it, as a black man in yeah. America. Mm -hmm. Imagine a black lady. No, you know, it's, so it's, now it's like to, to, to piggyback on what mm -hmm, you said now, mm -hmm. now it's like a double whammy. Mm -hmm. So you're a female who's being judged against by people, mm -hmm. but then you're also a minority female who, who may live in a very violent area. That's right. And you might need a dang gun more than mm -hmm. anybody else would. I mean, look, I, you know, when I have these conversations, Eric, and I've spent a lot of time in politics, and strategically, I got to give it to some of those. This is smart. I, I have to give it to them politically, Look, stepping back objectively. If you have a goal, why not attach it to something that you know is going to be difficult for people to oppose? So I get the strategy behind this. But, but, but again, Eric, I, I think about these things, and, and I just can't help but wonder, as the community continues to grow, I'm not trying to tell people who they should vote for. People have to make that decision for themselves. But I do believe it's important when, con when considering that thought process, you want to support people, Republican, Democrat, whatever the case may be, but people who are going to support yourself, to support your ability, I should say, to protect yourself. Because at the end of the day, you are your first line of defense. It won't be law enforcement, which we support, but they have a lot going on. They may not be able to get to you fast enough if someone's breaking into your home. You are that first line of, of defense for yourself, for your family. And you got to be careful not to support people who are going to limit that, but say, don't worry, he he, government here is going to take care of you, poor little person. It's okay, I, I got you. Well, from my experience in politics, there are very few things you can point to that the government's done very well. I just got to be honest about it. And so again... Don't want to over politicize it. I just wanted to, you know, share this, what's going on. I wanted to inform people and let them know, hey, it sounds good on the outside. It looks good. It's, it's like what my grandmother used to say, everything on the outside ain't good once you get on the inside. That's right. You said that when you're talking to a girl, she would tell me that as I, as, as I grew up. Uh, and you learn that to be true. Well, the same is applicable to politics. It looks good. Like you said, it's all dressed up fancy. Who's going to be against it? But when you read the details, the nuances, then you say, wait a minute here, man. I don't really know about this. And so I hope your audience, you know, picks up the phone, call their elected officials in the Senate and say, look, you guys want to pass the legislation to support women. We're for that. But as you said earlier, when you and I were talking, let that be a piece of legislation on its own. Stand on its own. Let us right. know what's in it. Don't throw in all of these other things that we don't know about. And then, Eric, you have like what happened in Maryland, what happened in California happens could happen all across the country. And, and again, that impacts all of us. And we just we, we, we have to be alert on these things, man. We have to be alert because they, because people who are opposed to the Second Amendment are figuring out very creative ways to limit and restrict our rights right before our own eyes. And you even have individuals 
who you would naturally think are predisposed to support our position and are saying, you know what, 90, 95% is not bad. We can support most of the things that are in here. Like you said, what's in the 5%? That's right. I mean, you know, that's very well articulated. Um, when you look at, all right, say we end up passing 10 bills like this where they go, well, we agree with 90%. Well, guess what? After 10 bills, they got 100% of what they wanted. Mm -hmm. It just took them enough time to slide that pork under the rug. They lift up the rug and they sweep the garbage under the rug and they hope that you won't notice. And that's a real crooked way to do business. That's a real crooked way to treat your constituents. And it's a real crooked way to also treat your colleagues who have to vote on these things, who have to put their records on the line for this. Mm -hmm. When you add gun control into something, you know, you want to hope, right, that if you vote, Republican, for instance, like, and again, just like Sir Michael, I'm not telling somebody how to vote. You do mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, come up with your own conclusions on things. But you, like, I voted Republican almost my whole life, right? And you think, well, Republicans are supposed to represent me as a gun owner. They mm-hmm. shouldn't pass anti-gun stuff. But then you see the bump stock ban that we got from Trump. I mean, mm-hmm. so there's all types of things that even the Republicans push forward in terms of gun control. So you can't assume that just right. because, well, I voted for the R that now all of a sudden you're safe. You still have to hold those people to the fire, hold their feet to the fire, and make sure they know, hey, no more pork, no more bullcrap. I like the way Thomas Massey looks at this situation. Mm-hmm. Thomas Massey is the kind of guy, I, I consider myself a Massey Republican. I, I keep coining <laughs> that term, right? But Thomas Massey, he's all about, hey, I want a recorded vote. I want, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's let's vote on the, the issue at hand. Like, all right, if this is what we're voting on, here it is mm-hmm. in one clean little package. So we know where everyone stands instead of, all right, well, we're just going to wrap all this up into one big, ugly package with 20,000 pages, put a bow on it, and here you go. Yeah. Happy birthday. No, it's not that simple. You know, because then you don't know who's really standing for the good parts. Right. There are some good connotations to right. this legislation, mm-hmm. but you don't know who is standing up for the good parts of it while also saying, heck no, to that 5 or 10% that they don't That's agree right. with. If you allow it to go under the rug, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice yeah. no, by no, allowing Eric, that. Eric, you're absolutely right. And you, know, you raise a really good point. You said just because someone has an R behind their name, or maybe it's someone that's a conservative Democrat. They still do exist. Not a lot, but there's still some of them around. Joe Manchin. Uh, Manchin. Um, just because someone has a certain letter behind their name doesn't mean they share your values. It's like my great uncle's a pastor, and he would say just because someone says that they're a Christian, I, I want to see how you're living. I want to see your values. I want to see your belief systems. I want to see how you're acting and behaving when no one is watching. The same thing should apply to your politics. Sure, someone can say, I'm a conservative. What does that mean? Do you believe in Christ? Are you doing good deeds? Are you, do you believe in the family? Do you believe in conserving and less government? Do you believe in the importance of communities coming together to help build each other up versus the government saying, I'm going to dictate for you? I mean, those are questions that you have to ask yourself when someone says, this is who I am. This is what I believe, except that I face value. I don't think we would do that with most things in our lives. We certainly shouldn't do it with our politics. And I think the founding fathers really hated the idea of multi-party politics. <laughs> you know, if, if we go kind of far back, you know, they really just wanted a candidate to be judged by their merits and their flaws and what they support and their track record. Wouldn't that be so much easier, right? <laughs> if there was no such thing as political parties, if there was no such thing as lobbyists being sent to the Hill mm-hmm. with all kinds of money and influence mm-hmm. and keeping big pharma and big tech and all of these big, you know, big money corporations out of politics mm-hmm. and removing the money from politics, removing the lobbying from politics. Yeah. Imagine how different of a world it would be with no parties where, you know, 
what you have is that person's track record in black and white. Here's mm -hmm. what they voted yay for. Mm -hmm. Here's what they voted nay for. There it is in black and white. And then you, you know, go through all of this and come up with an idea and go, all right, well, I either support this person or I don't. How cool would that be? Oh, it, but it, unfortunately, it be we deal with tribal mentalities, right? Yeah. People yeah. go, well, this is my tribe. I'm a D. Well, that's my tribe. I'm an R. But really, is it we're that black and white? It's not. It's not. It's, we're, we're ripping the it's fabric not that of, of our country apart. It's, it's not that simple. Human beings are complicated. We're complicated. We're nuanced. We're crazy. We're confusing. We can be good. We can be bad. Like you said, it's not that simple. Um, and, and I think to the point you made, I don't know if the founding fathers would necessarily be happy with, with where we are. No. Um, you have gerrymandered districts. Well, I'm an R, so I can always win. I'm a D, so I can always win. Like you said, let's get rid of all of that. Let's judge people where they stand on their positions, on their promise to deliver on things that are going to make a difference in everybody's life. Black, white, whatever you are, Republican, Democrat, Christian, Jew, but whatever you are, deliver the best ideas. Go there and do the work. It's not easy work. It's comp It should be complicated work. Trying to lead the most powerless country in the world is not an easy job. But that's why we elect people and, and we empower them, essentially in direct democracy, we empower them with our power to say, we are going to entrust in you to do the best you can for us. That hasn't happened in a long time, Eric. And, and I think more and more people are getting fed up. And I, and I think when we look at this example, it, it is one such example of people look at this and they would just say, why you can't just vote on the, on the bill? Take out all this other stuff that has nothing to do with this. Vote on the legislation as written. Leave out the other stuff. But again, politicians don't do that anymore. And I think that's why probably a lot of your audience and probably a lot of other Americans across this country of every race, of every political ideology are simply saying, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of it. Yeah, enough of the politics as, as it involves. Freedom should be something that's simple, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a choice, mm -hmm. freedom to choose and to make a choice and to be your own person and be a master of your own destiny, a master of what you do with your time and your money, a master of what you do with your body, a master of how you protect yourself and a, a master of your destiny. I mean, freedom is incredibly simple, just like the truth is really simple, right? The, the truth is pure. So when you look at things that simple, right? Freedom doesn't have to be complicated, but this po political spectrum that we live within, we, we almost have the illusion of choice when really the choice is quite simple, how we want to live our lives. And we entrust these people with this power to make decisions on our behalf. And they constantly, uh, as Dave Chappelle would say, they, they are habitual line steppers. Right. Nope. Nope. They, they cross too many lines too quickly and they don't do us justice. And it's really terrible. You know, I, I really hate to see the way politics have gone in this country and, and yeah. where it's gone and how it's how it's been working. And, you know, look, if you guys can support GOA, do it. Mm -hmm. Send them some money if you can afford to send them a few extra bucks. Eric Pratt, Jordan, all the guys over there, really, really great people over at GOA. And I appreciate them, you know, putting these alerts out and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very important that we're contacting all of our reps and making sure yeah. they know, you know, just like Sir Michael articulated so eloquently, You've got to be able to articulate the things that you like and you don't like about a certain piece of legislation. You don't contact your rep and go, now you listen here, buddy. All right. <laughs> now you ain't going to vote for this anti-gun bull crap. Like you got to articulate things a little bit so they understand. They take you more seriously. So there's an art form to conversation and there's an art 
to getting your way with people Mm -hmm. in a conversation. So, you know, use a little verbal judo and I think you'll see that they'll listen. (laughs) Slide of hand, right? As you were saying earlier. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, got to tell you, Eric, I know we're wrapping here, but I still have faith in this country. Um, I know a lot of people are complaining about America. No place is perfect. Our country isn't perfect. We've we've made a lot of mistakes. We, We haven't done everything right. Um, but I think like Dr. King said, what makes America such a unique and really interesting place with all of our craziness and difficulties is that the founding fathers, even with their own imperfections, they, they came together, together to create a system that would allow itself to be corrected over time. And so in understanding the nuances of that, I still have faith in this country. I still have faith that we can be whatever we desire to be. I think we're in a difficult moment right now. We're divided. We don't trust each other. We don't really believe in each other. Uh, but I hope as we have in other moments in the past, I, I hope we come together united over the common idea of freedom, over the common idea that the truth bears no lie, over the idea that, that freedom means I have the unique individual choice given by God to make my own decisions for my life. And, and others have the opportunity to do the same. Not the government instructing me what they believe to be in my best interest, but what I believe to be in my best interest. That's what freedom is. Freedom mm-hmm. isn't you deciding for me. It's me deciding for myself. And well, I, I think, think it's we can about get back to wanting that. other people to have the same thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. you live the way you want and you're happy and you're free and, and you know, all of that sort of thing, I think it's great that people try to kind of spread that to other folks. You know, you don't want to put somebody down. You know, that, that's what gets me so much. Like, I know we could really go on so many different tangents (laughs) here. And we're not, we're not going to, as I say many times, go down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go down the rabbit hole. But that's one of the things that gets me so much when you start comparing like state laws to federal Mm -hmm. laws, right? And there's certain states where they've got like really, you know, terrible 2A laws and really, really bad gun laws. And it's, it's just really tough to be a gun owner in Mm -hmm. certain states. And it's like, well, why shouldn't they be as free as I am? I live in a free state. You always hear people say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm in a free state. Well, gosh, isn't this America? Like, isn't everyone free? free, You want everyone to have what you have. When you have freedom and you receive it and you live it and you understand it, you want others to have the same freedom. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's what a lot of this comes down to. But guys, keep your eye on 1620. Mm -hmm. We're not out of the woods yet on this. Mm -hmm. Contact your reps. Donate to GOA. Look, Sir Michael, thank you so much for hanging out. It's a pleasure and keep doing what you're doing. And, you know... We're different on the outside, but I think this conversation showcases we have way more in common than what some would allow us to believe. Right on, dude. And you articulate your point so well. I can, I can tell. I can tell you're in politics, man. You're smooth, man. You smooth operate. So, um, real quick before we head out. All right, where can everybody find you? Oh, guys, guys so definitely check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, even Twitter. Uh, Guns Out TV. It's myself, my good friend John Keys. We had a lot of fun with Eric today. Um, it has just been an honor for us to be here. It's an honor for us to be before you guys. Maybe you've never heard of us before, but we hope some of you guys will come over, check out our content. We, we try to do our best to have a lot of fun, but also educate people along the way, similarly to what Eric does every single day. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being a part of today's Gun Gripe. Thanks for visiting. And we're going to have you guys back down, and I appreciate you. Make sure you go over and subscribe to these fellas, all right? Have yourselves a great day. Many more videos on the way. Big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, as well as folks that purchase man cans and t-shirts. Go over on Ballistic Inc., pick yourself up a snazzy t-shirt, and make yourself a statement at the same time, and support the channel if you wish. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Bye.